We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. Welcome to We Saved You a Seed podcast. I am your host, Tamara Crabtree with Oklahoma Family Network. This podcast is definitely for everyone to hear, but I wanted to say something special about this podcast before we begin. It's Father's Day weekend, and I want to take a second to recognize the special and amazing dads we have in our special needs community. There are amazing dads out there who have children with special health care needs, significant disabilities, whether developmental, intellectual, or behavioral, and some who carry the heavy burden of loss because their child is no longer with them due to complications from that diagnosis. Today, you will hear from Jeremy, who is a dad on special assignment. To all the dads out there who are pretty sure no one gets it or understands, I hope you'll keep listening. And... To all the moms out there who know they have a pretty special dad to their babies, I hope you'll give them this podcast to find support and encouragement as they accept the role of dad on special assignment. Learning about dads on special assignment and making the decision to become involved is a big step. I know that there's a lot of thoughts and emotions surrounding your story, your child's story, and where you are today. This was certainly the case for me. I knew I needed help, but I didn't know where to find it. So however you receive this, know I'm grateful you did. My name is Jeremy Warren. I'm the founder and executive director for Dads on Special Assignment. I hope this podcast is nothing more than a way to provide you some basic information about who we are, why we are, and next steps for discovering hope, healing, and purpose in your role as a dad to a child with special needs. I know as a fellow dad to a child with special needs, the continually changing dynamics of our family due to growing older, new health challenges, ever-changing needs, and just the constant chaos that life can bring. The road seems narrow, the road seems long, and at times, it seems as though you're the only one traveling on it. People seem to care, they want to help, and yet, When you try to carry on a conversation for your own sanity, their words seem hollow. They simply don't understand. Unless you live it, how could you? Dads on Special Assignment is a community of dads who get it, who are living it, and who can relate. Will you join us? That small nudge that you needed to get help has just happened. We are here for you, so let's do this thing and discover that you have been given a special assignment. You our dad on special assignment. Well, good morning. It is so very nice to meet you. I, I have heard a lot about you. Um, (laughs) Tell me more about your program. So it's a, it's a ministry. It's part of you. It did it start in your church. Tell me just a little bit about dads on special assignment. Tell me a little bit about how you got started. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate that, Tamara. Um, it, it is Dads on Special Assignment. We often call it DOSA uh, for short, uh, just the acronym for that. It, it is a ministry that launched in, in 2021, uh, something that God put on my heart back whenever our, our second son was born and uh, was, was in hospital and in light, Little Lighthouse. 
I was just in a season at that time where my wife and I were involved with church. We were even leading a, a life group in our home. We, we were fairly well connected in a lot of ways. But what I discovered was I just I was in a dark place, uh, just it, just trying to navigate life with a child that had special needs, just all the medical appointments, doctor appointments, uh, everything that we were we were facing as a family. And I remember trying to just reach out to see if there's anything available. And I just kept getting no's, you know, no, we don't, we don't have anything specific for that. Just lots of, lots of support for the children, lots of support for the family as a whole, lots of support even for the mother, because the, the mother is typically the primary caregiver, right? Uh, and part of the challenge in that is it, it makes the dad feel even more isolated. You know, he's, he's just trying to, and so that's part of my story. Um, of just finding nothing available and just trying to walk that road. And uh, I even had several people that, that asked me, said, well, and you, had a, you had a small group, you had friends and family that was close, uh, you know, weren't, weren't they able to provide that support? And, and I just, I explained it to people and the, the reality that um, no, uh, and I don't fault them for it, but it's, it's a world that they don't understand that they couldn't even my closest friends couldn't even get words to even provide comfort because they didn't understand what it was that I was facing. And, and I just don't fault them for that. And so there is another level of support that was needed. Uh, that's really when I feel like God planted the seed for me 12 plus years ago. And so fast forward, my wife and I got connected with a church that we absolutely love being a part of, uh, Evergreen Church here in Bixby. and. I got to know several, we have a handful of families that have children with special needs and, and I got to know most all of them individually. And I was just praying about what is my role? What is my responsibility when we look at the body of Christ and how everyone serves in their specific gifting in their area? Uh, where is it that, that God is calling me to serve? Uh, not only my church family, but our community and those that God puts in my sphere of influence, right? And so as I was doing that, um, it just became very evident. Um, all of those emotions and thoughts that I was dealing with back when Landon was little just rushed back. And I, I actually went to the staff of the church and said, hey, um, man, I would love to start a men's group that is specifically for all these dads uh, at church that, that, are, that are raising children with special needs. I mean, we have some that are autistic, Down syndrome, uh, mental disabilities. I mean, you, you name it, there's, there's a wide variety. And, and of course the church was 100% supportive and says, we love this. And so we put a date on the calendar. Uh, I reached out to all the dads that I knew and our, our media guy, actually, he asked me, he goes, um, what, what, what do we call this? <laughs> and I said, man, I'm praying through that. I said, I, I really don't know what to call it. I said, for right now, let's just you know, let's just call it dads on special assignment and walking through the next several months of just what God was doing in that group. Uh, it became evident that was the very name that it was intended to be. Um, and, uh, and was just really encouraged by quite a few people of just understanding that these are children with special needs and God has equipped us to be the caregiver for that individual in and that is a special assignment uh, that God has given us. And so um, that's kind of how the name started. That's how the group started. 
it quickly became evident just after a few sessions of, of us Evergreen Dads meeting, the need was was much bigger. And several of them asked, hey, I, I've, got a, I've got a friend, can I invite him? Um, I know this guy that, that I, I just met, you know, or I work with this guy. And uh, so of course I, I, I went back to the church and said, hey, uh, I know this started as a ministry within for the for the dads in our 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 church but the need is expanding rapidly and uh once again the church opened the doors and said jeremy you you have the ability to serve these dads however you see fit know that our 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 grounds our our property is is useful to you in in whatever way that you need and and so we were able to really start expanding and, and moving past uh just that small group of men that uh uh, that I knew from church. Powerful to think about the men coming together because, you know, as a female who has a lot of um, experiences sharing my feelings and going to places to um, to talk about the things that I'm going through, I know that that's a conversation is our husbands don't know how to. Our husbands don't always know what to say or how to share their feelings. And so would they feel comfortable even in an environment with other men? What are some of your thoughts on maybe a mom saying, Hey, honey, why don't you go to this group and, and be a part of this group? Because is it a, is it a all men coming together and sharing their feelings, or or what would you kind of describe as the group setting? Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting. One of the things a friend of mine says often is, "Men live in quiet desperation. We we have to hold it together. We have to look like the strong one, the leader." Uh, the leader of our house, the leader of, of you know, just in, in so many areas. And so the ability to break down those walls and be vulnerable, be transparent and, and let other people know that, that you don't always have your act together is, is a real challenge for men. And uh, what, what I've discovered is our retention rate for dads uh, is extremely high. And I think it has a lot to do with the, the fact that if they will just come for the first time, and experience what what happens. It's transformative. Uh, it's it's transformative in the way they view uh, their child. It's uh, transformative in the way they they view their the relationship with their spouse, maybe siblings, and really hearing again. Uh, one thing we talk a lot about is trans transparency, vulnerability, and confidentiality. Uh, if they could come in the room and know that what, first and foremost, what, what's said in that room stays there uh, and they don't have to worry about it, it getting, getting out, that breaks down a wall immediately. So, so they at least have that piece. And then they, they have a guy set next to them that, that shares a, a situation from the week or the month or, or just an overall challenge in the life of, of, uh, that they're living that again breaks down another wall because now they've heard someone else's story that they can relate to. And so it just breaks down these walls to the point that we, we see and experience men every single month that come that maybe are, are closed off for the first month or two, uh, but the moment comes whenever they just, they're ready and they need to be able to share. And, and, uh, and a lot of that sharing, uh, Tamara happens in our one-on-ones. Uh, we try and find time to connect with men individually. Uh, we try and protect the discussion time during our support groups. Um, but you can really have some intimate conversation whenever you sit down with another dad one-on-one. And so overall, our, our monthly gatherings are just a place to come and, and kind of have a new thought or perspective 
uh, to carry through that month. I mean, we, we cover a wide range of topics at, at, at every single month. Every month is a different theme. Uh, there's usually a couple of um, thought-provoking questions uh, that I bring uh, just to help kind of facilitate conversation and just foster thought process for these for these men. And so once we do that, then it, it just kind of starts uh, flowing from there. And uh, we've, we've covered, you know, everything from anger and frustration to how do you love, uh, how do you love your child when they can't display love the same way? You know, how do you, how do you work through um, just a, a multitude of emotions, right? That's got to be um, making a difference for sure. Is your program something that can be replicated in other churches? Um, last fall, we actually branched out and launched uh, Dads on Special Assignment as a 501c3. We are not uh, affiliated specifically with Evergreen. Um, we are a uh, public charity that's recognized by the IRS and the state of Oklahoma um, as a nonprofit. Uh, that was all finalized and, and put in place. And so um, our vision is, is 100% to be able to uh, engage and connect with men, not only around our community, but, but really abroad as, as opportunity arises and uh, making, making that available. Uh, one of the things that we're working through, obviously, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, through our podcast, uh, just being able to make that available uh, that, that can go out nationwide, um, but also coordinating and, and having some conversations now with facilitators and church leaders uh, that may have a strong enough uh, support system to be able to launch uh, dose of support groups and build out those communications within their, their church body or even within their community, um, whether that be, you know, Owasso or, or Broken Arrow or, or another state even. Um, I've, I've got a few individuals who um, have reached out to me um, that are out of state. And so navigating uh, what that could look like and, and just my role uh, within that uh, as far as being being a support system for them, providing that curriculum, uh, having everything that they need to just be able to uh, launch a group and, and have that, um, that immediate strength that can be found from uh, being part of a, a larger organization. So absolutely. Sitting here thinking of, of Oklahoma City Metro. So if, if I knew somebody that wanted to get in touch with you to maybe start this program in Oklahoma City, um, what would they do? What would be their first step? Yeah, first step is um, I, I would just ask that they go visit our website, dosausa.org. Uh, it's got a lot of information just about our, our purpose, our mission, our vision. Uh, they can learn about uh, really more of who we are as, as a ministry. Um, and then at that point, um, I would just ask them to reach out. My, my phone number, my email address is, is at the bottom of the website. Um, and I would love to just be able to connect with them and have that conversation. You know, it's, it's just amazing to think about how many uh, men there are just even within Tulsa and Oklahoma City. And, and my goodness, I mean, to be able to have a church or, or even have another organization that says, hey, we, we believe in what you're doing. We want to get behind it. We want to support it. And being able to provide, you know, they, their, their support could look a lot of different ways. Um, they may be able to su supply a location, uh, a building space, an office space, uh, somewhere where these men could gather. 
uh, and then having someone who says, hey, I, I'm willing to invest the time in, in leading those groups and leading, leading that time together. And the, the beautiful thing about it is the information, the curriculum, the discussion questions, the scripture references, uh, that is all stuff that, that's built out, that's available uh, so that, that whenever they walk in, they have all the tools and resources necessary. Uh, we are in the process of building out online communication platforms. So uh, not only can you have pockets of, of groups that are, uh, that are having open discussions uh, throughout the month, uh, but also being able to communicate with uh, everyone that's connected with the ministry at, on, on a larger scale. And so uh, we use an app uh, software uh, to build out those small communication groups. And, and we've got one now for, uh, for the dads that meet uh, at Evergreen specifically. Uh, so they can just continue that conversation and have that place to just chat uh, online. Uh, group text can be very annoying. So uh, just using a, a, a platform that is appropriate. But it also allows myself as a director to be able to send out information uh, to all of those groups abroad uh, so they know of things that are coming up. And we've got a couple of really exciting things that we're going to do uh, yet this year. And it, it would be the type of thing that, that even the men from Oklahoma City might be able to just come to Tulsa for the day and attend. And so being able to be able to communicate those things to them uh, and know that that stuff's available and be able to provide that, that support for them is, is crucial in, in really being able to, to love and minister to these other dads. So how did, I'm thinking of funding. So are you, do you consider yourself the executive director of Dads on Special Assignment? And are you considered a full-time employee for them? Kind of, how does that work? Uh, that, that's an interesting question, Tamara. <laughs> um, I, I am the executive director. Um, of course, with a, with a nonprofit, you have a board. We have a board that meets bi-monthly. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, just growth and development and, and a lot of changes that have been, been happening this first year. And so uh, we, we gather pretty regularly. The goal for me is to be full-time. Um, the, the demand for my schedule is certainly there, but uh, raising support and, and resources is a bit of a challenge. Um, I think anyone and everyone that, that serves a nonprofit uh, would agree. Uh, anyone that knows me personally knows that I absolutely despise conversations around funding and money. Uh, money is not a driver for me. I, I just want to be able to love and support these men and, and be able to, to make something available uh, that I know that I needed and, and still continue to need. I mean, this is not something we outgrow. I mean, we have men in their 60s and 70s that understand that, you know, it doesn't ha matter how old your child is, it's still your child. And there are still specific needs that are there um, well into their 40s and 50s. And so, um, that for me is just the whole purpose. It's, it's evident to me how God has just orchestrated everything over this last year, that this is the direction that he's taking me. Um, but it's a journey. Um, and, and one of the things that, uh, that I've had to work through is, is, uh, is understanding that um, it's all in God's timing. You know, I think sometimes it's easy for us to see the vision and see the mission and the purpose and know like, man, this is the direction that this is direction it's going. This is where I see it. Um, but also understanding that, that it's all in God's timing. There's a process to get there. I, like many people, want it to happen overnight. 
And uh, I think if we're honest with ourselves, Tamara, there's, there's a lot of times where we can get to a place in our life and say, you know what, I do trust God with my life. I do trust his plan. I know he has specifically equipped me uh, for this role. Uh, there's so many of us that feel that. But, but the challenging part is, is when we talk about the timing. We can trust God with our life, but can we trust God with the timing? And so for me, that's really been the, the big component. So uh, that's, a, that's a tricky question you asked there. Um, I am moving towards full-time uh, as the support continues to, to grow. And, and I wholeheartedly believe too, Tamara, that as, as men and women and individuals and churches learn about what we're doing as ministry, they will desire to serve because I've yet to meet anyone who says, no, I don't want to help, I don't want to help a family like that. Uh, everyone wants to serve and help these families. And uh, that was one of the things I found interesting even this last fall. Landon uh, developed seizures. Uh, we were back in the hospital uh, working through some very, um, just a, a very uh, intense moment in time. And we had so many people who wanted to provide meals. Um, and you know what? Meals are great. Meals are appropriate. But, but what I discovered in conversations with several individuals is, I always got the same response, man, we just want to help. And we just don't know any other way to help. And the reality is, is if they can help men understand their role as a dad on special assignment and lead their family well, then their support is not only affecting that dad, but it's affecting the entire family. And it's allowing that family uh, to be healthy mentally, spiritually, and physically uh, through that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want you to tell me a little bit more about Landon. Tell me a little bit about uh, your inspiration behind all of this. Yeah, so uh, my wife is Heidi Warren. Uh, we've been married for 18 and a half years. Uh, we have five uh, boys, uh, ranging from 14 to two. Um, Landon is our second oldest son. Um, he was born in uh, 2009. And uh, we had a perfectly healthy pregnancy. Um, everything was right on track. Uh, my wife was um, due date and we went, uh, we went to the hospital for delivery. And uh, during delivery, there was some concern about the, the stats on the screen. And, uh, and uh, so they were, they were discussing, you know, just delivery. And um, anyways, as he came out, uh, it became evident uh, what the issue was. Uh, Landon developed uh, during delivery a knot in his umbilical cord and cut off lack of uh, cut off oxygen and blood to the brain. And so uh, he was immediately, him and I were rushed back. Uh, he was purple, not breathing. Um, both his lungs collapsed. Uh, they were having a really hard time getting him stabilized. He was having um, pretty severe apnea episodes, you know, a couple hundred a day. Uh, some of them were lasting, you know, two plus minutes. Uh, and so they ended up doing an emergency tracheostomy um, just to get uh, oxygen uh, into a system. And uh, he lived on a ventilator and oxygen for uh, a little over two and a half years. Um, he had a feeding pump, a Mickey button, um, and uh, he was pretty much non-movement. -move, at nine, 10 months old, he couldn't even hold up his head. Uh, he pretty much laid, laid down or, or sat with someone. And uh, 
you know, it was just a really challenging time. We, we had nurses that actually lived in the home uh, so many hours a day. We had, we had qualified for that. And, and so we had nurses that were helping at night uh, just with his care. And uh, they said he would never talk, never walk. Um, but uh, uh, Landon's 12, uh, 12 and a half now. Um, he is nonverbal. Um, he does walk. He, he requires assistance. Uh, he, he's not real great with his stability. Um, he wears uh, ankle foot orthotics. Um, so he is in a wheelchair if, if it's a long distance. When we go to church or the zoo or the aquarium or something like that, he'll, he'll be in his wheelchair. But short distances, he can hold your hand and, and walk around. But he has, um, they call it HIE. It's hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy. Um, and I probably didn't even say that right. Um, that's kind of what they've labeled him with. Um, there's some other underlying issues that they're concerned about, but, but they've never been diagnosed. And so um, he's a joy to be around. Everyone that knows Landon loves being with him. Uh, he has a very specific way that he communicates with you, uh, his, his love. And so um, that's, that's an encouragement to so many people that, that he spends time with. He's very small for his size. Our, in fact, our eight-year-old uh, just surpassed him in, in size. <laughs> uh, so he's, he's on the small scale. Um, but uh, I couldn't imagine life without him. And, and there's so many things that he has just brought back to the forefront for us of just really what's important in life, uh, what are we doing. And, uh, and it's, it's been really interesting even for his brothers. Uh, you know, he's got one older brother, three younger brothers, and just how they love on him they involve him uh gentle and i just see it developing just a nurturing characteristic in all of our boys which i don't think they would have the same level or degree of if it wasn't for landon as i listen to you i know that there's just going to be families that are going to hear that and go okay i he tells a he tells a story that is going to get me up to the top of this hill that i just don't feel like i can manage so mm -hmm. um, so yeah no thank you for that okay so Wow. Dads on special assignment is something that I just feel is needed in the community everywhere. I mean, this is, it is truly an exciting um, opportunity, I think, for a lot of people and a lot of parents. It being a faith-based ministry out there as a 501c3 organization, um, do you welcome people who maybe don't have a church home? 100%. You know, one of, one of my visions, Tamara, is that this truly would be a ministry that would serve any and every dad uh, that, that is caring for a child with special needs. And while it is a faith-based organization, we also view it as an evangelistic tool in a way that we can engage and connect with men who uh, simply don't view it that way. Um, one of the discussions we had in just our recent uh, months was uh, how many times we ask the question, why me? Uh, or they blame God. They view God. Uh, you know, the reality is this, Tamara. Um, God is not who we think he is. God is who he is. And there's a lot of times in our life that we will blame him uh, for our circumstance. And so we want to be able to engage men who have yet to discover um, that God has, has used their story to draw themselves closer to him. I mean, we even had a dad two months ago that said, I wouldn't be where I'm at 
in my relationship with the Lord if it wasn't for my son. And, and so helping men navigate that road and get to a place where, where they, they view it that way. Um, and that, that, that can be a, a difficult road. We, we do accept anyone, uh, regardless of their, their faith, their background. I do have a scripture reference we use each month for each discussion. Uh, so it's a part of the curriculum uh, because it, it would be an injustice if I did not at least do my part in, in presenting an opportunity for them to understand the God of the universe that created them. I love what Psalms 54.4 says. It says, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of our souls. And um, just to understand that there is a God who created this entire universe. Uh, Psalms 139 tells us that he, he knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew you before you were even born. Men need to understand that. Uh, they need to know that. And it's, it's not just their child that was created in God's image, but they were also created in God's image. And it may be this very situation that is the necessary component to draw them into a relationship with them. So have you been in ministry? Did you, did you go to ministry as far as education background and all of that? Yeah, so I, I really felt like the Lord was leading me into a ministry role in my mid-20s. Um, I had an opportunity the last few years to serve on staff with an organization called Influencers. Uh, it is a men's ministry that uh, walked men through a nine-month discipleship process called The Journey. Uh, and so that's, that's actually where I've been on staff uh, prior uh, to this and, and stepped away from that role uh, last fall to, to focus and, and dedicate my time to, uh, to, to where I felt like the Lord was leading me. So I don't have any formal uh, schooling or education. Um, I just love the Lord, study his word that he gives us and trust him. And, uh, and I, I, did, I did have the opportunity to, to serve these last couple of years with, with them, which was uh, hugely beneficial. Uh, and just being in men's ministry as a whole, uh, life is messy. Uh, and we have to be willing to get in the trenches with these dads and, and men. And, and, uh, and, that's, and that's really another part of our story that I didn't get into was um, just really loving being in men's ministry, but, but recognizing that uh, that I, I believe that, that my story is specific to this ministry and in that kind of that, that niche, uh, group of, of dads, um, that, uh, that I personally can relate to. I love knowing that you were called into ministry in your twenties long before you ever knew this was the path of ministry that you were going to take. And here you are serving in this capacity. Mm. I love it. Love it. It goes back to timing. We talked about timing earlier. Mm -hmm. I, I desired to be in, in full-time ministry. You know, the thing is, is everyone is in full-time ministry, uh, whether it's vocational or not is different. Um, and I, I felt in my twenties that, that there would be a time that I would be in vocational ministry and it just goes back to God's timing. It wasn't the right time. Um, in fact, um, there's a lot of things that hadn't even happened yet. Uh, including Landon. And so uh, I, look, I look back on that now and just know that it was just another small way that I feel like God was preparing my heart uh, for what he had. And we just have to be obedient uh, and we have to be diligent uh, in his word. We have to have an abiding relationship with him. 
and understanding what that means and just know that his timing is always perfect and, and that he is, he's there for us. If dads were looking for your podcast online, is it just listed under DOSA or is it dads on special assignment? What would they go and look for? Yeah, if you want to, if you want to watch uh, our podcast or, or view any of our other uh, videos online, you can do that through our website, dosausa.org. I've got several categories broke out uh, with links. Uh, so there is a, there is a category specific uh, podcast on anchor.fm. Uh, it's a uh, division of Spotify. So uh, they could click the link and get to our, our podcast channel that way. And if they want to get in touch with you, you just, you're sending them to the website at this point, or is there a special email address that they could email you at? Yeah, you can reach me at jw at dosausa.org. That's my direct email address. Love to hear from you. Jeremy, I cannot thank you enough for your time today. This has just been, it's been inspirational. It's been inspirational to me and to others that I know who will listen to this podcast. So thank you for sharing your time and your story today. Well, I, I appreciate you a lot, Tamara. I, I appreciate you reaching out, taking the time, and, and what you do for families is amazing. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405-271-5072.